What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now, he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? dude? Yes, yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. King, king, king. I'm not that broken, Vinny. Guess what? What? I have not had a drop of alcohol yet. Praise be to God. He's listening. He has shined upon us this day. Are you finished? Yeah. 
just about. I just wanted I just wanted to take this opportunity, Lord, to, to we, we we thank you and everything you do, and we thank you for giving us a sober ginger who will be coherent and actually give us a valid recap. Okay, just because of that little comment right there, I hope Matt Rowe becomes WWE champion. Thank you. And I hope Jay Cargill remains undefeated. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we commence with this AW recap, um, before we get into this, I, I have to give a little uh little disclaimer here, a little public service announcement. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode of AW Dynamite was in the great city of Duluth, Georgia. Uh the arena where this was held was exactly 20 minutes from my house. So, when I realized I was going to have this Wednesday off and I wasn't going to have to go to any meetings, I wasn't going to have to do anything crazy because I wanted to make sure my schedule was wide open. So, at the last second, I decided to go to AEW Dynamite. I bumped into Elvis while he was there and we went to Dynamite, got tickets, everything else, kind of hung out, saw the show. Um... Now, I'm not going to lie. I am ready to do this recap. However, I am tired as a motherfucker. Not because I've been up all night, but because Elvis at one point said, hey, there's some empty seats. Let's go down there and see if there's anything open we can get to. I'm excited. Okay, so we go down. We get to the bottom of the stairs. We finally find the seats, and he decides, oh, wait, nothing's happening right now. Let's go have a smoke break. And we walk all the way up the goddamn stairs to the smoking area. Now... I told Elvis this was kind of a dick move, and he was a little shocked that I said that. I'm going to tell you why it was a dick move. And this is just a little message I want to send to everybody out there, just so you know. If you if you got a group, a group of friends, and you happen to have a person in the group who's, shall we say, festively plump. You know, a little, little heavy, a little on the heavy side. <laughs> little, uh, you know what? I'll just say what it is. If you got a fat friend, yeah, that's a dick move. <laughs> To make them walk all the way down arena steps <laughs> and then fucking walk all the way back oh. and then walk over there. And then you decide, oh, wait, I'm wearing an MJF scarf and I see a bunch of other people wearing MJF scarves. So let's walk around while we wait for Rampage to set up and track these people down and go take pictures. So we're now walking around the building before we finally get back to our seats that we were originally fucking sitting in. We don't even use the bottom seats anymore. And then sit down and then wonder why. How come you're not standing when this wrestler comes out? Because my legs are numb. Yeah. Your fat friends don't like cardio. We don't like walking. If we enjoyed exercise, we wouldn't be fat. We're fat for a reason. We like to sit and we like to eat. So, yeah. Don't do a lot of walking with your fat friends. Pick a spot, fucking sit there, watch the show, and then maybe in 30, 45 minutes to an hour into the show, when they get hungry, you want a t-shirt, you gotta use the bathroom, then we'll walk up the stairs. Sorry, that pissed me off. Are you done? Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't feel my goddamn legs. Okay, um, Benny, I'm gonna explain something to you very, very carefully. <laughs> I understand, and I don't give a shit about your dogs being, uh, legs being numb. Look what the fuck I do for a living. Shut up. Mm. I'm talking to the fans, asshole. This ain't got nothing to do with you. You think I give a fuck about your opinion on this one? Yeah, I do, actually. I would give you my opinion. <gasps> get over it. But that was kind of a dick move. Yeah, let's get that. Okay, let's go right back up. I'll be like, I'll be like, here, like, fuck you up, sit down for a minute. I'm just uh, fucking with you. Yeah. Jesus Christ. If I wanted cardio, I'd walk on, a, I'd run on the fucking treadmill. 
Anyway. Why do you think I look at my I look at my age? Why do you think I weigh 170 pounds of pure fucking muscle? Dishwashers ain't no joke. Yeah, you're in shape. Yeah, you're in shape. Fuck you. So my point is not my fault. I just want to get through. I just want to. I just I just had to get that off my chest. Anyway, so we kick off Fighter Fest Week Two. Oh boy. And we have our first official match of the evening. Oh no. We have Brody King versus Emo Knievel, Darby Allen with Sting. No. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that bad, but how'd you feel about it? I was I was sitting at the Waffle House waiting for my ride. I was yelling at my phone, and people were staring. As is tradition. I was, just, I was, getting, I was getting mad. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, don't do this. I was, I was just Darby Allen calmed down. I was like, Darby Allen, you, you, you idiot. I was like, no, this made no fucking sense. None whatsoever. This is what I call what you, Gator, and I call the shitty. So... No, I did not enjoy this in any sort of way. I'm not trying to freak out right now because I promise you I'm not drinking. So maybe this was a, a good thing. Vinny, you apparently like that. Please explain. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, when Brody King came out, we were all excited because everybody in the arena loves Brody King. Most of the arena jizzed in their pants when Darby Allen came out. I'm, the, I'm one of the few people that's not impressed. But once Darby Allen came out to the ring, the fans quickly rooted for Brody King. Here's why I like this match. Because everything, almost everything that happened in this match, with the exception of maybe one spot that I can't really remember off the top of my head right now, everything else that happened in this match was believable. Brody King is tossing Darby Allen around like a rag doll. The rare moments where Darby's getting offense, he's getting offense in a way that would make sense when you're facing somebody big like Brody King, like tying up the legs or tripping somebody up, you know, doing certain moves. You know, it did. Not, there was no point in the match where Brody King looked like a pussy. Even when Darby Allen was throwing forearms at Brody, he didn't sell any of them as well. He shouldn't. If Brody had sold any of those moves, I'd have checked out from the match. Because look, no matter how much the AEW fans want to jizz in their pants when Darby Allen's in the ring, he is not a badass. He is not believable as a wrestler or a fighter. His claim to fame is doing stunts and being able to take damage. He is Steve-O with face paint, okay? That sums up Darby Allen in a nutshell, okay? He's Steve-O okay. with face paint. Okay. So, and then he hit that gonzo bomb, which freaked everybody in the arena out because we were convinced he was dead. When I saw that power bomb into a pile driver, like, that looked like he was dead. We are like, how did Darby Allen get up from that? That shocked the shit out of us. I mean, obviously Darby Allen's not dead, but holy fuck. That, that is, but now that I'm seeing it, like, on Twitter, I can actually see the move. I can see what happened. But from the angle where we were sitting, from where we were at in the arena, it was hard to tell if... Darby landed safely. It looked like that killed him. I didn't like that too much. I, I cringed when I saw that. I went like, ow. And then I saw the one, two, three, Brody King won. Like I said, maybe you'd like it, but ugh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, Darby Allen, no, no. You, you need to eat something. Well, let's be clear. I'm not a Darby Allen fan. I'm just oh, saying no, no, no. I'm just saying the match looked believable so I can be okay with it. They didn't they didn't go out there and try to make Darby Allen this badass that could knock around Brody King. You know, Bro, 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 Brody King sold when he needed to and dominated the rest of the time. 
So the match was believable. So I can give props for that. That's and the right and the right person won, which made it even better. And then of course after he after the match, he locks in the sleeper trying to choke him out. Sting comes out to stop him. They brawl. It looked good. Then the lights go out. They come back on. Malachi Black is in the ring and he's staring down Sting and the crowd's going nuts. But then King chokes out Sting and then Brody hits the Black you know, you know Malachi he does the miss to Sting and he's knocked out. Then all of a sudden Miro comes to the stage and stares down uh, Malachi Black. You know, the Redeemer comes out. And we were all sitting there going, oh shit, what's he going to do? What's about to happen here? And basically it was just a stare down as they went to commercial break. And then during the commercial break, Miro basically slowly backed away and walked to the back. So that was basically just a well, stare down for TV effect. I enjoyed it. I, I know the hell that I love this. Uh, I love this new mirror thing. Oh, something that actually works. Yeah. Anyways, I, I enjoyed it very, very highly. I thought it was good. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to make a six-man tag out of this. I think it's going to be Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro against you know the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and the Jobber Buddy Matthews. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to make this a six-man tag. And, you know, so, but either way, it was a very interesting moment. Crowd loved it. Uh, Miro, of course, everybody loves the Redeemer. And we're hoping to see more of him now on AEW TV because he's a star. And they need to start accentuating their stars more. It's very, very true, sir. Very, very true, sir. All right, all right, all right. Moving on. Yes, after that, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Cole Carter, who just starts to discuss his journey to AEW Dynamite. Ricky Starts says that last time they saw Carter, he was swimming with the fishes. Now he's swimming with the sharks. And Carter says he's going to beat beat Starks tonight. (laughs) I was waiting for you to say that. I knew it was coming. (laughs) <laughs> but this right here, it was okay. I don't know who this Cole uh, Carter guy is. Um, okay, you had to impress me. Let's see what you have. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a relatively good promo. You know, I thought it was okay. Ricky Starks, as always, is gold on the mic. Cole Carter did a decent job. You know, I thought it was all right, but it was just kind of there. And then on that note, we cut to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. We got the best friends with pockets. Versus John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta of the Blackpool Combat Club. I actually enjoyed the living hell out of this. What about you? In general, it was great. Trent Barretta. Yeah, it was that good. Trent Barretta was amazing. He definitely carried this match for his team. Moxley, you know, Moxley and Barretta to me were the highlights. And then uh, Chucky e. T and Wheeler Yuta were the boring parts of the match. Because Elvis and I are in agreement that Chucky e. T is pure garbage. I'm sorry. Chucky e. T is the worst member of the best friends. And yes, I'm including Pockets in that discussion. Because I don't like Pockets, but at least he's over. Chucky e. T is not over. He's not interesting. He he literally is weighing this team down. He is fucking worthless. And that's a fact. Now, a lot of people are fans of Wheeler Yuta. I think he's a great worker, but that's all he brings to the table is he's a great wrestler. I will never take away that Wheeler Yuta is a phenomenal wrestler, but he is not a star. He is not a guy you would make a main event player. I think he's mid-card for life. So, Wheeler Yuta has interest in a lot of people. He's the only member of the Blackpool Combat Club I'm not interested in. I don't get excited when Wheeler Yuta comes out to the ring. Just because he's not interesting, you know? He's he's interesting when the bell rings, but if you put a microphone in his hand, yeah, don't do that. Let Regal talk for him. In fact, he's the one member of the Blackpool Combat Club that needs Regal to talk for him. Because... Moxley's great on the mic. Danielson's great on the mic. Claudio is good on the mic. So, 
That's what I'm saying about that. But then in the end, you know, Wheel of Yuta hits the seatbelt, gets the one, two, three, and the Blackpool Combat Club wins, which is great. I also love seeing Moxley come out. We were all singing Wild Thing. I love Moxley's theme song. It's my favorite. That's one of the highlights of AEW for me, just watching Moxley walk to the ring. That's one of the few that's one of the few moments where I'm just like the entrance is what I look forward to. Is that. I look forward to that entrance every week. And that's all I need to see. I just need to see the entrance. I already know I'm going to see a great match, but the entrance holds my attention every time. And I can't say that about a lot of other people's entrances. And I don't know, Zach, how'd you feel about the match? I, don't, I enjoyed living the hell out of it. I didn't really like, I don't like Chucky e. T because I don't know who he is. Trip Beretta, I like him. And of course, Willie Yuta and uh, John Moxley, they were great. But you're right about John Moxley and um, John Moxley and the other guy were actually. <sighs> <laughs> uh, putting the match together. The other two weren't were just there. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't enjoy them shit out of it. Yes. And then, of course, a video package hypes up uh, Claudio, uh, who we know as Cesaro, is going to be facing Jonathan Grisham for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title this Saturday at Death Before Dishonor, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And all I'm going to say is this. Those of you who may not know, after Dynamite goes off the air, they tape Rampage. So Rampage, of course, will air Friday night. For those of you that actually bother to watch Rampage, I'm not going to give any, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I'm going to say this. You want to hear Claudio's promo regarding this Ring of Honor world title match. He knocks it out of the park. And on that note, we move on to the next segment here. We got Swerve in Our Glory comes out. Uh, Swerve, Strickland, and Keith Lee come to the ring and celebrate their tag title win. The fans chant, you deserve it. Damn right they do. Rapper Kevin Gates is sitting in the crowd, and Swerve Strickland gives him a shout-out. Lee takes off his sweatshirt and reveals their new t-shirt. Lee says they appreciate the fans because their support helped the duo ascend to the top of the division. He says they don't look down, so anybody that wants a shot better reach up. Lee says their title reign will be limitless. Mark Stowing interrupts alongside Tony Nese. He says they got lucky when they won the titles. Nese has the petition to remove Strickland from AEW, and Sterling says it's almost complete. He asks Kevin Gates to sign the petition. Gates refuses, and Sterling says his music sucks. Gates hops the barricade, and Nice gets in his face. Gates punches him, and Strickland smashes a cake in Sterling's face. I love the living hell out of this. Did you? I did up until the Kevin Gates part. Why is that? Because I don't like the fact that a rapper put his hands on a wrestler. Oh. And the fact that the rapper, even though it's kayfabe, the fact that a rapper punched a wrestler and he still draws breath. See, not not a big fan of that. You know, I could understand. Like, I, like, like Kevin Gates is a rapper. Has he done anything else in his career that anybody knows of? Uh... No. Like, just says here he's a rapper. That's all he is. He's a rapper, a singer, an entrepreneur. He's not a professional. Like, like if he was at least a professional athlete, <clears throat> like a football player or something, I could maybe then get a, I, I could then believe that. But when your only claim to fame is hip-hop, and you punch a wrestler, and the wrestler doesn't kill you, it's pretty much an embarrassment. You're pretty much treating Tony Nese like you. Tony Nese might as well be a jobber in this company. See, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, Strickland smashing a cake in Sterling's face, I like that. Like, if Kevin's going to punch Tony Nese, and Nese doesn't rip his fucking head off, there needs to be security guards holding Tony back. I didn't see any security guards holding him back. Did you? No. That's a problem. 
That's the only thing that should be stopping a wrestler from ripping someone's head off like that is that there's no security or is that the security guards literally holding him back and holding Kevin back. It's like when when Tyson shoved Austin and they started fighting. They had people holding them back, practically pulling Austin out of the ring. And they were going like two bulls. And they're, they were literally told before they went out to the ring, don't stop. And they had guys out there who knew how to grab them. Instead of having people just like holding them back like that. It's like, no, they're two badasses. And if you if you manage to get by and swing at each other, then so be it. But you keep going till we pull, till somebody gets dried to the back. And that's what I need to see more of. Because they, this is this is one of those things where you're basically letting the fans know, hey, we're aware this is a show, so we're not even going to try to kayfabe stuff. It's another reason why people have a hard time respecting AEW, because you're treating the business like a joke. You're making it something to laugh at when you pull shit like that. Outside of that, I enjoyed everything else. And I look forward to seeing where this goes. Like, I have a feeling Tony Nese is going to go one-on-one with um, Swerve Strickland. And I think, like, if... Like if Swerve wins, then they rip up the con- they get rid of the petition. But if Kevin wins, oh no no sorry, uh, Tony wins, then Keith Lee can sign the contract or no si- sign the petition. Sorry, I'm half asleep. And Swerve's out of the company. Okay. Yeah. And then we cut to the backstage area with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They're backstage with the Butcher and the Blade. Silver says he's the Meat Man, so his favorite wrestler. He gives him a Butch shirt. The Butcher and the Blade attack the duo, but Hangman Page makes a save after Reynolds gets thrown into a brick wall. No. 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 I, I didn't enjoy this. I did think this was good. Okay. Dark Order. Guys are a joke. Butcher and Blade. Why are you messing with these guys? So, Vinny, go ahead. I'm going to go get something to drink, so I'm going to go on mute for a minute. Yeah, this was a waste of time. All this really led to was a tag team match on Rampage, which, again, I'm not going to give it away, the win or anything, but... It was John Silver and Adam Page against the Butcher and the Blade, since obviously Alex Reynolds was thrown into a brick wall. And all it did was lead to a tag team match. So, you got you got motivation to watch Rampage. If you actually give a shit about any of this crap, then Rampage is for you. Now, it was the first match that, that aired for that particular Rampage episode. So, if you're a little late watching the show, don't bother. Or if you want to just put it on while you're getting last-minute things set up to watch Rampage. But you can literally put this on mute and watch something on your phone. It'd be more entertaining than this crap, I can honestly say. So, yeah. Waste of time on all fronts. John Silver, I find to be incredibly annoying. Elvis loves this fucking guy. You know, he, he's liked him since being the elite. Uh, I, per, I, I admit I liked his wrestling, but this gimmick is just annoying and it's stupid and it makes him look like an idiot. So it's hard to take anything he says seriously. I just can't get into it. Can't. God help me. I cannot get into this gimmick. It drives me absolutely fucking insane. That this is still a thing, that this is still around, and that Adam Page has to dumb himself down to try to build this group up that literally nobody of sound mind and body that is a wrestling fan gives a single fuck about this abysmal faction. Okay, I just heard what you said there, sir. That was absolutely 100% true. John Silver, I don't like the gimmick, but his wrestling's pretty good. So, otherwise than that, thank you for the little bit of the wait. Sorry about that. I had to go get some water or something to drink. Sure. Water, water, water. Trust me. I'm not drinking. You can probably tell. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not there, sir. You moving on? Yes. We're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. We got Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus the Varsity Blondes. 
We all know how this was going to go automatically. And Vinny, you know how long this lasts? How long? About a good two minutes, 30 seconds. All right. The varsity bonds come out there. They thought they could actually try to take on a... Take on big old Lucasaurus. Lucasaurus steps aside and hits him. Wonka time. What's Wonka takes it both down? I thought that was really ridiculous, but he is a big dude and he's dominating. So back and forth, back and forth. He, uh, he, at the end, he chokes him. Uh, one of the wannabe looking jungle boy on top of the Hillman Jr. Uh, tags in uh, Christian Cage. He just comes over there, puts his foot over the chest of one of them and goes one, two, three. Everything's hunky dory. Everything's fine. Da, 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 da. Guess who comes out to the ring? Who would that be? Hmm. He comes out with a chair. Coming on down there with a serious dead ass look on his face. He's like, okay, motherfuckers, you won't betray me. That's fine. The fine comes a dead stop because the Josaurus was told to get out of the ring and protect Christian Cage. I tell you that. Stare down and, uh, Jungle Boy picks it up. It looked like he was about to hit him, but kind of sarcastically he did it. And guess what happens? The Josaurus steps aside and, um, you can see Christian Cage being all pissed off and pissy and money. Takes off running, and Jungle Boy's literally chasing after him out of the ring. And you see uh, Lizosaurus walk back and walk away. Then he lay a hand on Jungle Boy. Okay. Zach, how would you feel about all this? I want to enjoy it, but it doesn't make sense. Thank you. Glad you said that. Now, I'm sure people are wondering what I have to say. And first, I'm going to ask a question. Where do I fucking begin? Uh-oh. Not only... Was this one of the saddest tag team matches I've ever heard? Two minutes and 30 seconds. Tony Khan has dropped the ball with the Varsity Blondes so many times, I'm surprised they still have a job here. <laughs> this is one of the dumbest booking decisions. Even back when Brian Pillman Jr. was on top of the fucking world during the time when the Brian Pillman Dark Side of the Ring documentaries aired, at no point did Tony Khan think I should capitalize on this. I'm not saying make him the world champion, but for fuck's sake, give the Varsity Blondes a goddamn push. Let them get a run with the tag belts. These guys have a great gimmick. They're a great team, but they continue to squander these guys. So right there, I'm already pissed. Now, obviously, I knew Christian wasn't going to lose this match. So I'm not saying the Varsity Blondes should have won here. But the fact that this match lasted 2 minutes and 30 seconds is a testament to how horrible the Varsity Blondes have been treated in AEW. And then, just when this couldn't get any worse, out comes Jungle Boy. Okay? I'm somewhat happy with that because, you know, Jungle Boy made the return here in Atlanta. Granted, I wasn't able to catch it because I had to step out to use the bathroom because I didn't expect anything interesting to happen here. And then I heard Jungle Boy's music and I'm literally in the stall going, fuck my life. Then Jungle Boy comes out. He's got a steel chair. Okay. Okay. Now, obviously, I'm not expecting these two to touch each other because I expect this to go all the way to All Out, which is in about two months. September 4th, to be exact. Because there's no way this match needed to happen on free TV. You put this match on free TV, you don't deserve to own a wrestling company. You don't deserve to be a promoter if you are stupid enough to give this away for free. Then, he comes out to the ring. Christian brings out Luchasaurus, who was technically already there. So he sends Luchasaurus to do thy bidding. And Luchasaurus decides to side with Jungle Boy. So now, you're killing whatever momentum Luchasaurus had. You had a phenomenal heel in Luchasaurus. 
He's darker. He's evil. He's more badass than he's ever been. No one's looking at him like he's a fucking joke anymore. Yeah, he's still a guy in a dinosaur mask, but now he looks fucking dangerous. You could have had Jungle Boy standing on his own two feet trying to be a badass babyface. You could have had Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy have matches back and forth. They could have promos back and forth. Because I know Luchasaurus can talk. I've seen him talk. I've heard him talk. And you could have had Jungle Boy be like, Luchasaurus, how could you, like, Christian turned on me, that's bad enough, but Luchasaurus, we've been like brothers, we, and then Lucha could have came back with, it was always the boy and his dinosaur, well, I'm not your dinosaur, I'm the dinosaur, and I'm gonna eat your jungle ass alive, and you could have had a great fucking feud with them going back and forth, leading to a match, because you can give Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy away on free TV, that ain't drawing money no goddamn way. But you build everything up to him versus Christian. And then Jungle Boy goes over as the badass babyface. And, jo and Jungle Boy can truly become the pillar in NXT that everyone claims he is. Well, now you just fucked it. Because he's going to go back to being the boy and his dragon. Luchasaurus is dead weight that is holding back Jungle Boy from being a main event player and being taken seriously. And just when they were going in the right direction, they decide to change it up. This is a problem in wrestling today. Not just with Tony Khan, Vince is guilty of this too. But at this point, we expect it from Vince. WWE is expected to take something good and fuck it up. That's not a shock to anyone anymore. People expect better from AEW and Tony Khan. We expect Tony to know better. But the truth is, he's no different. And only people who rationally and logically watch this product can see that. But the fans who are drinking the Kool-Aid because they hate WWE so very much that they'll buy anything AEW sells at them because they're marks, they're too blind to see. And they're too deaf to hear. This was fucking stupid. Jungle Boy should have swung that goddamn chair. Luchasaurus should have no-sold it. And him and Luchasaurus should have fought back and forth while Christian hightailed it out of there. I don't even care if Jungle Boy got the upper hand on Luchasaurus that night. I'd have been fine with that. Or you could have had Luch or you could have like got past Luchasaurus, got in the ring with Christian, they kind of brawled a little bit. Jungle Boy had Christian backed into a corner, but then Luchasaurus all of a sudden picked him up, choke slammed him, and decided at the last minute, you know what? I am gonna go with Christian. And you leave Jungle Boy laying. Keep the story going. But congratulations, you fucked it up. Took the one good story that AEW's had, and you fucked it. And you wonder why nobody likes you. Anyway. We're going to get away from this and move on. We cut to the backstage area where the gun club addresses the Acclaim's challenge. Colton says they carried the Acclaim, and, but now they've cut the duo out of their lives. Austin says he wants to face Caster in a rap battle on Rampage, and the winner gets to pick the stipulations for their match. Yes or no? On what? On this promo. I enjoyed it. Ish. Oh, not only did I enjoy it, but ladies and gentlemen... That rap battle alone makes Rampage must-see TV. If you don't watch Rampage for nothing else, that rap battle makes a, makes a lot of the shit you see fucking worth it. It's worth it. That's all I'm going to say. You want to watch that rap battle. You need to watch that rap battle because it's fucking great. Okay, okay, sure. Moving on. 
Yes. We're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the FTW Championship. Ricky Starks with Powerhouse Hobbs defends the title against Cole Carter. Meh. I thought it was great. It ended too quickly. I thought it was a botch. I mean, uh, there might have been a, a botch or two in the match, but overall it was good. I didn't know who this Cole Carter was. I thought he could have put up a better fight, but I did not enjoy this whatsoever. I don't know or something about it. Just bugging me. I'm just tired of uh, Ricky Starks having a championship. Maybe yeah. that's the reason why. Although he did say at one at one point in the show, he's like, he's like, he's like, I've been the FTW champion over a year, and I've had it for a reason. And Elvis was sitting next to me. He goes, Yeah, because you don't defend it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I almost fell out of my damn chair. I was like, Dude, he's so right. <laughs> but at the end of it, somebody comes out. Ready? Go ahead. After the match, Stark mm-hmm. says he has more in the tank and it's time to keep it going and he asks for another challenge and Danhausen answers the call and he says uh yes yes Danhausen here um i was in the i was in the back and i uh, heard that you were having an um an open challenge of some sorts and uh Danhausen wants to answer that challenge and he wants to answer it right now and Stark says whoa, whoa, whoa i didn't mean the time was right now he says i'll defend the title against you next week yeah, I, I, that makes sense right there. It's like, all right, next week we're gonna see Dan Housen going against Ricky Starks for the uh, FTW Championship. You think Mister Dan Housen is gonna win? Well, I, I think he's gonna win, but maybe we should ask the man himself. Yes, yes, hello, I'm back, Dan Housen here. Um, yes, very nice, very evil, very, very famous, very elite. Uh, catchphrase, catchphrase. Da, 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 da. Um. Yes, I, I challenged Ricky Starks for his FTW title. Uh, as you mentioned before, he uh, he's held the title for uh, well over a year, which is very easy to do when you never, ever defend it. And you constantly uh, complain about being overlooked when you don't even bother to defend your title, which I think is ridiculous. So um, I went out there. I, uh, I answered the challenge. I went to face him for the uh, for the FT. TWO Championship, you know, I want to do it for the world. Uh, some people say it means something uh, means something else, but uh, Dan Housen doesn't curse, so I won't say what it actually stands for. So I want to win it for the world. That's why Dan Housen wants to win it. But uh, Ricky Starks decided uh, to back out of the challenge because apparently he didn't have. He said he had more in the tank, but apparently that tank was too far on the E. So he decided to. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, if his body is a is a um, an electric car and he had to go uh, charge himself next to a wall, kind of like that that Chip Carson guy in that not quite human movie from the from the nineties and eighties. Or maybe he's uh, on gasoline, so maybe he had to go to a um, fuel pump and chug some. You know, enhancement gas, I don't know. But uh, either way, uh, until he defends the title, he be cursed. Okay, Dan Housen, are you done? Uh, yes, uh, thank you for supporting Dan Housen. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I plan next week to take his FTW title. I would like to say to all the, uh, the fans of the Atlantis, um, we, I'm, Dan Housen is sorry he could not uh, entertain you. He could not wrestle. He could not take this title from him. Uh, unfortunately, the champion has the right to say that he's not ready. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. But don't worry. Uh, next week, uh, Dan Housen will, uh, will, uh, beat, will uh, beat him. He will take his title. And uh, we'll have a big celebration. It'll be uh, it'll be full of uh, party soups, party cakes, party ice creams. Um, you know, lots of lots of food and fun and family. So uh, I will see I will see you all next week. Yes, and uh, and uh, 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 Mr. Boochman, you you have a great great show here, and uh, you and your you and your ginger snap, you do very good uh, recaps. So um, uh, may you guys uh, have a great show, and may your enemies forever be cursed. <laughs> all right, so thank uh, you, Danhausen. Yes, so uh, that was Danhausen. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I if Dan Hales doesn't win that title next week, I'm gonna be pissed. I I I want to see a new FTW champion for fuck's sake. Dan Housen fucking deserves this shit because as weird as he is, as goofy as he is, the motherfucker's over. The FTW title is not a sanctioned title anyway. And by the way, if you don't know, FTW originally means fuck the world, just so you know. Um, but Dan Housen doesn't curse, so it would be for the world. And this is, um, he, Dan Housen deserves it. I want to see him win it. I think he'd do great with that belt, and it would give more TV time for Dan Housen, and more Dan Housen on TV is good enough for me. And after that, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Athena, Willow Nightingale, and Chris Statlander, who discussed the change to their match. Athena says the chance to reassess their goals, as the TBS title would look great around her waist. Statlander doesn't seem thrilled, but she joins in the trio's huddle. Uh, okay, this was a good promo. I don't know why I was there, but okie dokie. Yeah, they're, I don't know why they were doing that, and Statlander said it doesn't seem thrilled. I got a feeling Statlander might join the baddies. I'm calling it now. Huh. I think she's going to be right. pissed that she's not included in this match, and she's going to feel excluded, and she's going to join the baddies. I got that feeling. Okay. So, so, on that note, we cut to the in-ring segment with the uh, AAA and Ring of Honor and IWGP Tag Team Champions, uh, FTR. Uh, they discuss their uh, upcoming match with the Briscoes, which will be this Saturday at uh, Death Before Dishonor. Uh, it'll be a two out of three falls match to determine who the um, the uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions will be. Uh, Cashwood thanks the fans for their support. He looks back on the year FTR has had and reflects on their first match with the Briscoes. Uh, he credits the Briscoes' contributions to the business and says they respect the duo because they're one of the greatest, most decorated uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions of all time. But he promises the challengers will have to take the titles from their cold, dead hands if they want to win. Dax Hardwood tells a story about a five-year-old girl who had a hole in her heart. He says the little girl recovered because she fought her butt off, and that little girl is his daughter. He says that just as she fought hard, he'll fight hard on Saturday. So he says this Saturday, he's going to fight like an eight-year-old girl, and they're going to kick the Briscoe's ass. Top guys out. I absolutely adored this. This is so nice and so precious about Dax Hardwood's little girl, but otherwise, not fucking epic. Dude, at first when he's telling this story, there are literally people in the audience saying, where the fuck is he going with this? Like, we had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Literally, there are people in the audience at first. Everybody's, at least at least in my section, everybody was, like, all confused. They're kind of looking at each other, like, what the hell is he talking about? But as soon as he said, that little girl was my daughter, that whole place erupted. Yeah, that wasn't piped in. As soon as we heard he was talking about his daughter, we all went, oh, shit. And then he said he's going to fight, like, an eight-year-old girl, and we all kind of laughed. You know, because we, under we understood what he meant. And in that particular case, that line makes sense. That's the one time where a guy can say, I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl, and it doesn't make you sound like a pussy. Like, it fit the narrative for the promo he was telling. And it was okay, very, it, it was a great promo. It was very well done. Was, and French kiss, chef kiss, mwah. Yes. And I'm going to say this right now. I know for a fact FTR is winning this Saturday. And the reason I say that is for two reasons. One, they're not in a rush to take any tag belts off of them because they still got to win those AEW tag belts and complete the collection. But also because there's no point in making the Briscoes the ROH tag team champions because you can't put the Briscoes on TV because the network will not allow it. So 
It makes no sense. That's why they're able. They're, they could bring up the Briscoes by name. They could put their picture up to advertise the pay per view. But the Briscoes can't cut any promos that's going to air on Dynamite or Rampage because the network execs don't want to see the Briscoes on there because of the alleged homophobic tweets they made many many years ago. The network don't want to see them. And then what the network says goes. That's that's the that's the disadvantage to being on network TV. The advantage is you're taken seriously as a company and more people can see you. But the disadvantage is the network execs control everything. So if they say we don't want this guy, he ain't gonna work there. No matter how badly Tony Khan wants to sign him. So the Briscoes by default are not winning this this match on Saturday. Because if they put the Ring of Honor tag belts on them, it's a stupid decision. Now, if the Briscoes could be featured, if they were able to make a deal with the network and say, look, it was a long time ago. The Briscoes have changed their attitude since then. They're different people. And they can convince the network to let the Briscoes on there. Then I can see the Briscoes maybe winning this match. But they're going to win at least one of the falls. But they're not going to win the overall match. It's just not happening. So FTR is going to retain. And then they need to go after Swerve and our glory. Okay. We'll see what happens. FTR, good luck. Briscoes, good luck. Because I watched a couple matches with the Briscoes. So I can see why you like them. And they're scary looking for dudes. Yeah. We cut to the backstage area with Jay Lethal. Uh, standing by with uh, Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. He discusses the match against Samoa Joe at Death Before Dishonor for the television title. Christopher Daniels interrupts and challenges Lethal to a match on AEW Rampage. Lethal accepts the challenge. Now, at the time that Rampage was recording, there was a promo segment between Daniels and Lethal. Elvis and I got up and left during that time, so we have no idea what happened with that match. So... Hopefully it's good. I don't fucking know. Uh, how'd you feel about it, Zach? Uh, the promo at the backstage. Um, yeah, it was good. They were just hyping each other, uh, each other up. Then Christopher Daniels comes out there and challenges Lethal. Lethal's like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, okay. That's where Penny wants to happen. All right. I like a shock on Daily Lethal. Session. What the hell did I do to you? <laughs> All right. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action here. We got Jay Cargill and Kiera Hogan with Stokely Hathaway. Versus Athena and Willow Nightingale. All right, before the match, uh, everybody's coming out here, and uh, Carve uh, that uh, Hathaway says he got shot by their band from inside, and Carve vows uh, show that uh, she's that bitch. And uh, of course, it's in. Uh, can I say something real quick? Go ahead. Okay, folks, there's something you need to fucking know right now about Atlanta and Georgia. Tonight, they were in Atlanta, Georgia. They're, they were in Duluth. I don't know why they didn't say that. It's like, oh, God, there is a difference between Atlanta and Georgia. I had to put that out there. You can understand where I'm coming from. So we get started. Athena takes Hogan down with the arm drag. Hogan uh, briefly gains the upper hand. Each haymaker shot to the face. During the match, mostly, that uh, it was um, Kara Hogan doing all the work. But towards the end, Jay Carhill actually got in the ring. And I have to say, I just can't believe what I'm about to say here. She's not that bad in the ring. Her and Athena need to go one-on-one. But in the end, uh, Jay Carhill hit her finisher, and the winners are Jay Carhill and uh, Will Nightingale. Okay. 
Uh, who would you say was not that bad in the ring? Athena and who else? Uh, Jay Carhill, because those two have really good chemistry, and uh, Jay Carhill actually crushed him tonight. I was like, okay, maybe she's not that bad. The problem with her is she just doesn't defend against anybody who's defend that title she has against anybody who's worthy. Yeah. Well, Jade has actually gotten significantly better in the ring. Like, she's improved dramatically. Kira Hogan, as I mentioned before, I know she can wrestle. I've seen her wrestle on the indies for years. Like I said, I've seen her when she was starting out on the indies. Like, I've seen, like, um, like I used to go, I remember being at a middle school gym, and I saw Kira Hogan go one-on-one with Priscilla Kelly, and you, that was back in, like, 2014. Fast forward to today, Kira Hogan's in AEW, Priscilla Kelly's in NXT as Gigi Dolan. Kira Hogan's a baddie, Priscilla's in Toxic Attraction. So, I've known, I've known, I've seen both these girls work, and I've known their skills for a very long time. Kira Hogan has always been badass, and I'm happy to see her in that spotlight. And she was the perfect person for Jade to be Jade Cargill's partner. Even if Red Velvet was still um, medically cleared to wrestle, even though I know she's on the shelf right now, I still wouldn't have put her in this match. I would have put Kira Hogan, because you want to put somebody that's known in Atlanta on that show. Because that's an inspiration to a lot of female indie workers in Atlanta that look... Back in 2014, she was wrestling in a middle school gym. Now she's on Dynamite. That's big. So that was a big accomplishment that I saw there. And of course, Athena, seeing where she's at. Willow Nightingale, barely know this bitch. So that's why I'm glad she ate the pin. Because she's the least relevant of everybody in this ring. So I'm not saying she's bad. I'm just saying that nobody really knows who she is. She's a decent worker, but if anybody's going to take a pin... From Jade, it needs to be Willow because Athena still has more uh, to give to the table, and I honestly think that Jade, that uh, Athena could be the one. Cause I, I don't know, has she and Jade gone one on one? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think Athena's gonna be the one to end the streak. I think she should be. I think so too. I think so too, sir. I think so too as well. All right, there, sir. Yes. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Thunderstorm. Tony Schiavone announces that Rosa will defend the title against uh, Miyu Yamashita next week. Rosa says the challenger is the best from Japan, but she vows to win. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter interrupt and say they'll be in tag team action on Rampage. No. Nah, didn't really care. Um, Me neither. Let me see. Mayu Yamashita. Um, Not impressed. Don't know too much about her. Uh, don't really care. Me neither. Um, so I don't think that's going to be interesting at all. But um, maybe we'll be wrong. We'll find out next week. But uh, of course, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter about being in tag team action. Um, that match was actually fairly decent. That tag match yeah. on Rampage. So of course, no nobody had a shit and clue who their opponents were. They were a jobber tag team. But still, it's another good moment on Rampage. You'll want to check out. Okay, 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 okay. All right, there, sure. Moving on. Yes, we are now at the main event of the evening, a barbed wire everywhere death match. Chris Jericho, the pain maker, versus Eddie Kingston. <sighs> Loved it. Oh, my God. I'm surprised these two guys are still walking after the end of this. This was brutal as shit. Did it get a little over the top, you think? This was insane. We knew it was insane as we saw we saw them building the set for this. Like, it took a long time for them to set this shit up. 
I don't know how Maybe long that promo was backstage, but let me tell you something. They, they, it took it took quite a while for them to set up the barbed wire and put everything out there and get it all to work. Like they were, that crew was working that night because it took a while to get all that shit done. And when we saw all the shit they were bringing out, we were like, oh, fuck, this is going to be crazy. So we knew right then and there, this is going to be something. And you were there live. How crazy was it? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, it was insane. Especially the shark cage being lowered. Yeah. As we saw, the Jericho Appreciation Society. The appreciation for sports entertainers. Those guys coming out, going into that cage was insane. In fact, at one point, I don't know, if, did you, did you see, did they ever cut to the cage? Did they show, did you guys get to see Hager doing pull-ups in the cage? No. At one point in the match, we're looking over the shark cage. Jake Hager's just doing pull-ups in the motherfucker. <laughs> I can see him doing that. I mean, they don't know what else to do. They're pretty much just fucking standing there. <coughs> Jake's like, well, better get a workout in. I have the, I don't like when Chris Jericho does this at this age, but man, that old man put up a hell of a fight. Both of them did. My God. I was like, okay. I was like, did you talk to Gator at all? Um, Only a couple of times, but towards the end of the night, my phone died. Okay, fair enough. That's why I can't get a hold of you. Yeah. I figured that's why you were there. I was like, he's probably out there with a chick. I didn't know that chick was going to turn out to be Elvis. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, it, it, finally my phone turned on. That's when I saw your text message. I texted, I was able to, I was able to send you a quick text back because I was in this line while we were waiting to get out of the arena. But, um, all right, all right, all right, all right. so, um, but yeah, so the they match itself was brutal as a motherfucker. Oh, oh my god, I cringe half the goddamn time, especially when Eddie Casey went through the on top of that table. But the person that took the ass cap was Chris Jericho. Good god. Oh, yeah. I was like, we saw that suplex off that... the apron through the table. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And when he uh, went through the table yeah, off the apron, oh, uh, off the side, I was like, oh my god. I was like, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. Eddie, please don't. Oh, no, no. He's got family. He's got kids. Boom. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Ow. I was like, I'm cringing. I was like, I hope I don't have that here tonight, but go ahead. Yeah. And then we saw like the hurt, the uh, the the barbed wire board, the Frankensteiner, the Super Hurricanrana on there. They these two literally killed each other with these fucking bar with this fucking barbed wire. There was there was there was blood, and there needed blood. to be. And then of course, um, the only thing I didn't like was when uh, Ty Cunty came out to the ring, and her and Ruby Soho are brawling. Then Anna Jay comes out, turns on. Soho. Then they lower the cage, and um, Ty Cunty tries to unlock the cage. She can't unlock the cage. So Garcia and 2.0 are like sliding through the bars, jumping through the little hole thing there. But Jake Hager can't do shit. She actually actually wait for Cunty to unlock the fucking cage. It's like, is this a kayfabe thing, or is she just that fucking dumb? That you can't unlock a goddamn cage. Because clearly something was wrong. If they're sliding through the bars and everything else, it means you're taking way too long. And how the fuck can you take that long? Here's an idea. Have one fucking key. Here's the key for the lock. What does she got? A janitor's keychain? <laughs> and the dumb blonde is fucking flipping through everything? Like, the, the fuck. One lock, one key is all you need. Keep it simple, stupid. Am I right or wrong? You're right. <laughs> Thank you. And then, of course, eventually, the Blackpool Combat Club makes their way out there to even up the odds because eventually the JAS comes out and there's a brawl. We didn't need all that shit. There's no point having a shark cage if the person gets out of the fucking shark cage. That's how I feel about it. And then Jericho has the co-breaker. There's the barbed wire chair. It fell onto his face. You can kind of tell. Thankfully, it didn't cut his mouth, but it kind of looked like it did. 
Then Jericho hits Kingston with the barbed wire chair a few times. Counters the lion's salt. Hits a spinning back fist for a near fall. He locks in the stretch plum with the barbed wire. Next thing you know, the Spanish spot monkey, Sammy Guevara, breaks it up. He attacks King, sends him into Jericho, who blasts the fan favorite with the Judas effect. That looked like a weird botch at one point. There was like a weird botch going on there, but Jericho eventually hit the Judas effect. He gets the one, two, three. The winner of the match, Chris Jericho. And then he goes to attack Kingston, but the Mad King fires up and throws Jericho onto a bed of barbed wire, and he's locked there to end the show. Okay. Mm. Now, this is, a, this is a great match to see live. If I saw this on TV, it probably would have pissed me off, but i never seen a barbed wire match live, so because it was live, I enjoyed the overall aspect of the match. But here's my problem. Wasn't this supposed to be billed as the final battle between Jericho and Kingston? Yes. Was it not advertised that after this match, this rivalry was done? Yes. Then why, for the love of God, was there interference, and why did Jericho go over? If this was supposed to signify the end of the feud, the JAS should have been kept in the shark cage, and Eddie Kingston should have won this motherfucker. Because it makes no sense to end this personal of a rivalry with the heels winning. Not only that, but on top of that, you got Anna Jay joining the Jericho Appreciation Society. Which doesn't make any sense, because you already have Ty Cunty in there. Unless you want one to go for the women, the AEW women's title and the other to go for the TBS title. That's the only logical explanation for you to bring another bitch into the faction. That tells me there's going to be another match. So again, I ask the question, how are you going to top a barbed wire everywhere match? How do you top that? How is it going to get more violent than this? You've already done blood and guts. So, unless you're going to pull a WCW move and bring back the triple cage from ready to rumble, I don't know how the fuck else you're going to top this. Anybody got an answer? Nope. All right. Like I said, the, the finish just sounded stupid, but overall, it was, it, like I said, it was a good match to see live, but only because I saw it live. If I had saw this on TV, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, but... Anyway, uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this recap of AEW Dynamite from Duluth, Georgia. Uh, Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. And this is the Broke Soul Zizical from Forsyth County, Georgia. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, so make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Radio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out our recap of WWE Money in the Bank. And we also talk about uh, the Judgment Day faction and, of course, the uh, signing of Logan Paul. Also, be on the lookout for our SummerSlam prediction coming out uh, sometime next week. That'll all be on the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out the Boochcast YouTube channel for all exclusive video content. And of course, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. We're getting together for the biggest party of the summer. We'll be live on Twitch at 8 p.m. There'll be a bootleg link to the pay-per-view to check out at 7 p.m. For those of you that don't have a Peacock subscription, 
And like I said, there'll be one of two locations that the watch party will be at. We're still trying to decide where that is. Uh, it'll either be from Nashville, Tennessee, where Zach and I will be there with Buff the Stuff Bagwell for StarCast Weekend in Nashville, Tennessee. Or if we're not able to do it, then the team here in Georgia will get together and they will do a SummerSlam watch party for y'all. So make sure you guys tune in twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Join us July 30th for SummerSlam. Also, check out our D&D show that'll be available later this year. We have our Boochcast booking battle and another special treat that once all the kinks are worked out from that, we'll be bringing that to you guys very, very soon. So be on the lookout. And of course, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at. The first level is for 99 cents, $1 per month. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend, but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out. The second level, if you got some extra spending cash, is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And of course, we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10, same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Everything they sold to the Peacock, you got where to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you b- believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zach his uh, ramen noodles and like i said for that amount of money per month you can feed a ginger he loves blarney stones and until next time this is vinnie bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza, pizza baby, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.